0: Bibles to Colossians chapter one. Colossians chapter one. Starting to verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. Paul Greeting or recognizing the Colossians is very similar to the greeting given to the Ephesians. Even though he persecuted the church, when converted, he became a zealous preacher of the faith of Christ. Paul joins Timothy in greeting them. Timothy was not an apostle, but because he was well known by the Colossians and was valued and esteemed by them, It meant he was a person of worth and excellency to them. Verse two and three says to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are at Colossus. Grace be unto you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. History has it, the Colossians is known today as Western Turkey. After Paul wrote to the church, there was an earthquake. During that time, <clears throat> Paul was with them. With them, Paul was with them. His purpose of visiting them was to address the false opinions being taught. They needed to be instructed in such things as circumcision, food regulations, and feast days. But instead of reproving these things point by point, he showed them how all things are fulfilled in the person of Christ and how all wisdom and spiritual understanding can be found in Christ who redeemed them and now holds authority over all things. Kind of like what we should be doing with those who come to Christ. We should not condemn them when they come. We should not be so quickly to point out their wrongs. But give them the love that Christ gave us. Don't make them an example, but to them become an example. There are three things we can see being said in verse three. In giving thanks, we see Jesus had a father. He acknowledges that Jesus is Lord. Peter proclaimed and made this known in Acts two thirty six, And Paul refers to Jesus as Jesus Christ. But in verse 4, we find him saying Christ Jesus. Let's read verse 4. <clears throat> and since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints, is there a difference or did the writer just turn them around? Was it a mistake when, when printed or is there a reason? When you see Jesus Christ, you address the son of man. When you say Christ Jesus, you address the anointed one who is the son of God. It is the son of man that has a father and the son of man that was made Lord and Christ. When we read these scriptures, we should take note which way it is said and allow God to minister to us and give us revelation of what is meant. Verse five. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. The hope or expectation laid up for us is in heaven. This is a crown of righteousness, an inheritance that is incorruptible and undefiled. A new body with a new name attached to it. This is just a few, but there are many other benefits and rewards waiting for us. Verse 6 says, Which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the days ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. These blessings Paul is speaking of is not confined to the Jews, just like heaven is not confined to the 144,000. And it certainly is not confined to a certain denomination or belief. It is for all that come into the knowledge of the truth. All who receives and believes that Jesus is the son of God and accept that truth. Titus 2 and 11 said, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Verse 7. As he also learned of Ephesus, Our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ. Ephraim was a member of the church. There is no account of him being in prison here. However, Philemon verse thirty twenty-six 26 says there salute the Ephraim, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. Based on, on this, it can be said and believed he might have suffered imprisonment for the gospel of Christ. Remember, people back then were not just m- in prison because of a crime committed, but also because they believed in the resurrection of Christ. Paul was being pursued and persecuted, and the apostles were being murdered for that very reason. Verse 8 says, "Who also declared unto us your love in the spirit." The Colossians were a spiritual people. They had a loving spirit and through this spirit, they showed it. And Paul says in verse nine, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in our wisdom and spiritual understanding. This is not a private prayer or interpretation. All Christians All saints, all believers need the knowledge of his will. All this knowledge needs to be in our wisdom and spiritual understanding. Just the knowledge of his will is not good enough. God's will for each of our lives is to see the sun. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't stop at knowing where the will is, which is John 6 and 40. It does not stop at being able to explain it. But the will of God is a lifestyle that we must not only believe it and know where it is, but live and do it. Many have lost their focus by falling into political arena and protesting of things the world embraces. They are beginning to protest against the morals and commandments of God. We need to pray for the nation, but we also need to pray for the saints of God who are still standing on the gospel. Remember what it says in Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If saints gets if Satan gets your mind, he's got your body. It is the mind that needs to be changed. Verse 10 says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We cannot just have knowledge, but it must be with spiritual understanding that we may walk worthy. It is with spiritual understanding that we can be fruitful. It is by spiritual understanding of the knowledge of the will that we can increase in the knowledge and please our father. Mm -hmm. Verse 11 says, Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, under all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. In the previous verse, Paul offers us prayer to enable the Colossians to do his will, having the knowledge and understanding with it. Now he asks God to strengthen them. How many have learned? Just to know something is not enough. When we learn something, we need, to, we need to be strengthened to do what we know and understand. Sometimes when you do things naturally, you don't know how it is going to work. You just know by the directions on the box or the instructions in the manual, this is how it works. Well, sometimes we don't know how God is going to do it. All we know is how we have been instructed we know what the manual says, which is the word of God. And what we need to do is be patient with long suffering and joy and let God do what he does best. Verse 12 says, giving thanks unto the father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light." The word meet means we have been made ready. Second Timothy tells us the Lord knows those that are his. And if any man purge himself from the iniquity, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for his use. Verse 13 says, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. This verse explains why we can give thanks. God has made his people free from the power of darkness by bringing them out of the state of sin and misery and bringing them into a state of grace called the kingdom of God. By Christ Jesus, it is God that has delivered us. It is God who has freed us and it is by him we have been translated into his kingdom. But that is not all. Verse 14 says in whom we have redemption through his blood. Even the forgiveness of sins We have been delivered And it was by his son The blood that was shed We have been recovered By this blood we have been washed clean By his blood we have been forgiven Ephesians tells us In whom we have redemption Through his blood Even the forgiveness of sin We could not have We could not have it without him now, who is this son? Who is this that can persuade God to forgive? His name is Jesus. Verse 15 tells us, who is the image of the invisible God, the first of every firstborn of every creature? It is the Christ, the Son of God, who is the image of the invisible God. Second Corinthians 4, 3 and 4 says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost mm-hmm. in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. The way people make followers to believe in them is to blind them from the truth. Blind a person of the understanding and you can make them believe a lie. If a person only points out what you want, you will be blinded to what you really need. It goes on to say in this verse. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ Who is the image of God Should shine unto them But remember the scripture also tells us Even though light has come into the world Jesus said men love darkness rather than light Because their deeds were evil And those that do evil hate the light And will not come to the light Unless their deeds should be reproved If Jesus said I am the light Then what they hate is Jesus And if we are If we are to let our light shine, they hate us too. Now let's look at verse 16 of Colossians 1. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. By Christ all things have been created. John 1 and 3 tells us all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Hebrews tells us God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. God told us who was coming. He has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. It is by Christ the worlds were made, for he was with the Father when it was done. When God said, let us, Jesus was there in his bosom. The word was in the bosom of the Father, and he declared him. It was the word that was put in flesh and was given the name Jesus, who became the Son of Man. Verse 17 tells us, And he is before all things, And by him, all things consist. If Jesus was in the bosom of the father, it means he is before all things. Remember, Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Verse 18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. That in all things, he might have the preeminence. Jesus is the head of the church. People take this to mean he is the head of the building, but Jesus is not concerned with the building. If you are the church, Jesus is your head or head of you. If you don't make him your head, how can he be the head of a building that is brick and mortar? How can he be the head of a building if the people in it don't have a head? Verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Jesus was well qualified to handle the task. By God appointing him meant, in him there was a full merit of our justification, a fullness of our grace, our sanctification, a fullness of wisdom for our direction, a fullness of power for our preservation, A fullness of mercy, compassion, to relieve and help us in all our distress. Mm -hmm. And with this fullness that only Christ could provide, we now have full access to the throne of God where we cry, Abba, Father, making him our very own. Mm -hmm. And on another note, by Jesus being obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, this means Jesus has become submissive to the Christ. Meaning the flesh has become submissive to the spirit, which also means because Christ lives in us by his spirit, greater is he that is with us than than he that is in the world. We, too, can submit our flesh to the Christ that is in us and be victorious. Mm -hmm. Verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. By Jesus being obedient, we have peace and through his blood. Yes. Second Corinthians five eighteen said, and all things are of God who has reconciled to us himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. It was Jesus, the son of man, whose blood that was shed verse 21 And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked by wicked works yet now have you reconciled He describes the miserable state and condition that we were in and and the condition that we were in before we were converted to Christ's faith Christian faith strangers or enemies of the mind meaning Being deeply rooted, rooted so much that you hated God, not as a creator, but as a lawgiver. You hate him not as a benefactor, but as a judge and a revenger of sin. The way of escape from this and the way to be reconciled is for Christ to take upon him a true body, subject to fleshly infirmities, yet without sin. And in that body, suffering death for us that we might be presented at the last day perfectly holy unto God. So by allowing your mind to become one with the mind of Christ, you are allowing father to separate you from the wicked works and become reconciled to his son. Look at verse 22 in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unprovable in his sight. Notice here we talk about the body of Jesus. It again is is because of the submission of Jesus that we can be presented to God. The obedience of the flesh is just as important as the acknowledgement of the Christ. And we must have them both to continue and be successful in them. Verse 23, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, And be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Wherefore, I, Paul, am made a minister. If you continue to believe in Christ Jesus, if you continue to believe in Jesus Christ, you can become grounded and settled in God. Grounded means you have a foundation. Mm -hmm. You have a position that has a particular purpose. It means you have, a, you have received a spiritual knowledge. Settled means you have made up your mind where you are grounded and where you intend to stay. And you will not move from it. When you, are saying, when you are saying, what you are saying is you will not be moved from the gospel of who Jesus is and what he stands for. It is only by the gospel that you can obtain the knowledge, wisdom, and spiritual understanding. 24, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. At this time, Paul was a prison at Rome and in chains, which are the sufferings he, he referred to. The Lord spoke to Ananias that he would show Paul how great things he must suffer for his namesake. For us, affliction shall come against us in proportions as we labor to make known the doctrine of Christ. Ask yourself, what have you suffered for Christ? How far are you willing to go for Christ? Paul says in verse 25, wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages And from a generation. But now is made manifest. To his saints. That great doctrine. That salvation. It was to be proclaimed to all mankind. Mm -hmm. Paul said it had been concealed. For many generations. It was a mystery or a hidden truth. But now it is made known. To his saints. To whom God would make known. What is the riches of the glory. Of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ. In you the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. With that, my time is up, and I truly thank you for yours.